There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with special guest, Amir K. You Hello, everybody. Yourself to. There you go. Hey, guys, it's Amir K. back on the Tom Bernard podcast with like the family. It. The family. Yes. The family, baby. <laughs> and. Brian Gallagher from the House of Comedy. Not, no relation to the actual Gallagher? No, and the I don't have person... to wear a, claw, a cloak or anything? <laughs> no, <laughs> everything jacket. is rain fine. Jacket. No <laughs> rain jackets needed. <laughs> that was nice to you, Amir. I'm yeah. going to change really my last name. I'm going to change it. I love Gallagher. It's a great name. Gallagher's a good name. Oh, it's it's Rory Gallagher. He was a good singer. Scottish, isn't it? We're going to uh, Costco Irish. after this to get some watermelons. I like it. <laughs> watermelons and a bunch of raincoats. <laughs> it's going to be unbelievable. Anyway. Andy Rampernard. And Cassie Schrader. We'll be right back, kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. That works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda encountered a hailstorm. Adjusters flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. 
Ooh, you got really? Mm-hmm. What do you got? Something called body odor. Body odor? That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Armor. Oh, body odor. Yeah, it's body odor. Well, great. That, Just drinking be... 12 ounces of body, body odor. odor. 12 <laughs> ounces of body odor for you, baby. In Japan, there, in Japan, there is an energy drink called Pokari Sweat. So. Ew. No way. Yeah. I heard it sounds Kobayashi Sweat, the Kobayashi. hot dog eater guy. Kobayashi. Mm. Yeah, I imagine you do sweat you eat that many hot dogs, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> I do not know. Who was the woman we just talked to? What's her name? Um, the professional eater. Oh gosh. What's her name? Oh, again? my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> she weighs about ninety pounds. I know woman, they all do. They do. You're absolutely right. They, they do. just train their stomachs, right? I watched the there's a, yeah. a documentary about that. Yeah. But it's like, what do they not eat for a week after? I mean, you know, you're eating eighty hot dogs. That's. Ugh, do you think they pr- do they throw it up afterwards? Because you can't. I bet a lot of them do. You can't. Well, you can't. I mean, no. when they go home, I no, no. I'm do. saying because, like, if you look, they did like a thing where they filled up a trash bag with the amount of hot dogs that they eat, and it's like it doesn't look like yeah. it could fit in a human body. Uh, yeah, it does not. You're Gross. absolutely right about that. <laughs> what do you have? Like a ten in you go? I have to poop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about that. Wouldn't you? Know. But but wouldn't you? Your body go, get imagine. this out of here. Yeah, there's no timeouts in an eating contest. No, there aren't. Are there? No. no. Joey Chestnut. Yeah. That's the guy now, right? That's yeah. the yes. famous. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a documentary about yeah, him. Yeah, him and uh, Kobayashi. Kobayashi, yeah. It's probably it's, though because they don't check their work. It's probably called Joey Walnut or something. <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking off the air about how nobody ever checks their work anymore. It's driving me insane. There's no proof. Joey Chestnut is six foot one and weighs two thirty, so he's not. Thin. But Kobayashi's tiny. He's not fat. Kobayashi's tiny guy, yeah. Super small and super That's skinny. That's true. And he's like in shape. He's like ripped with abs. He is. Absolutely. What are you eating now? <laughs> you got body sweat and what's the other one? Body <laughs> odor and that one's Band-Aids. Oh, yeah, body odor and Band-Aids. Yeah. <laughs> a Band-Aid bar. He's eating Band-Aids down there. Chewy granola bar. That's good. Julie Granola. JB hasn't sweat. worked out a day in his life, but he's eating all this protein. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Way to go, brother. I run 12 miles a week. Do you really? Mm-hmm. And that's just from the police. How am I doing? <laughs> Thank you. How Thank am you I doing? It's now my favorite day of the week. That just came to my favorite day of the week. I just I walked it. into that, by the way. You did, 100%. Mm-hmm. I just, that is so wonderful to hear because everybody's so terrified of that now for I don't no care. reason. <laughs> yeah. There's no reason to be, oh my God, we can't say that. <laughs> I, you know, it's amazing, too. They just announced this morning, or yesterday, I guess maybe it was, that J-Lo and Shakira are going to be the halftime show. So naturally, it's the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So naturally, J-Lo had to announce that she was so proud to be sharing the stage with another Latina. Mm-hmm. So she had to point out right. skin color. Of course, of, of course. course, you have to. It's, right. Yeah, that's all there is to it. And nobody ever mentioned neither one of them can sing. <laughs> I was going to say, come on, Amir. You're never going to work on SNL, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, that ain't going to happen. You're right about that. Either either Shane Gillis or whatever that guy's yeah. name is. Yeah, he screwed I up I never knew there. that. I guess she's had a song or two, but I didn't think she was really a singer. Who, Who? Shakira? No. Oh, J-Lo? Yeah. What do you mean not. she wasn't a singer? I mean, she's isn't that what she's known for now? No, she was originally known as being a fly girl. The fly girl from In Living Color. I remember her on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. She's known as a very good-looking woman with a big ass. That's what she was known for. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's done a lot of acting. Mm-hmm. She was in that movie with... Uh, God, or a TV series, not a movie. She was in a TV series last year, a cop show. Was she? Oh, oh that blue Ray, or something? Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta, yeah. There mm-hmm. you go. It was Ray Liotta and her. I like Ray Liotta, that guy. You ever talk to him? 
I've never talked to Ray Liotta. He's an interesting cat. Yeah. Nice How about guy, those Shantix though. commercials? <laughs> you know, I was, I was gonna die, and yeah, then I quit smoking. <laughs> I quit smoking, so we're good to go. But honestly, when you talk to Ray Liotta, he literally looks like this. No way, just dead, yeah, so, dead face. Yeah, Is it the? Yeah, He's got really? cold, cold eyes. He does. I'm not kidding. Woo. I was like, Ray. Down. Yeah, he's a great actor. <laughs> oh, he's a great actor. I know, but every time I see him in something else, I always think of him as, what is it, Henry Hill? Or yeah, Hank Goodfellas. Hill? Oh, hey, Henry and from Hill. Goodfellas. That's oh, who yeah. I see. I mean, see. that's one of the best, uh, best movies of oh, all time as far as I'm I concerned. Know. There's no doubt about it, especially when he says, we moved all the way out here where Italian food is egg noodles and ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> After he went into protective custody. Yes, absolutely. Went in the witness protection program <laughs> and then just dropped out anyway. Yeah. That's my favorite. All those guys, like Sam, uh, what the hell's his name? Sammy the Bull Gravano. Sammy the Bull Gravano. He went into witness protection, went, I don't want to be protected. Yeah. Because everybody knew where he was right. anyway. Right. What a weird setup that whole thing is. It's an interesting life choice. It really is, isn't it? Become a gangster. Yeah. That was the second thing I wanted to be when I was a kid. A gangster? Yeah. I that's to, how the movie starts. But the I second be... thing I wanted to be was a gangster. But I wanted to be specifically like a 1920s, 30s era oh, with Scarface. Nice yeah, the suits and the hats oh, yeah. and the cool cars. Yeah. And then I realized that time is a thing and you can't. Time really... is a thing. Yeah. Brian, it's true. Yeah. Brian Gallagher for Zoot Suits. For Zoot Suits, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I'm bringing You're going to look good. I guarantee you. <laughs> I guarantee you. You sell them out of the back of your trunk. Oh, man, that would be phenomenal. That's Paul Mercurio's cousin. <laughs> I know. Honestly, you ever heard, you know Paul Mercurio, though? I don't know who that is. Paul uh, Paul Mercurio is a stand-up guy. He works on the uh, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Oh, okay. He's one of the producers on there. Very funny guy. He's a nice Italian oh. kid from Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Oh, you ought to hear him tell his stories because, you know, Rhode Island, people don't know this, but uh, in America, the mafia is based in Rhode Island. Is that right? They think it's New York, but it's not. It's the the Patriarca family in, in Rhode Island. And I, one time, first time I ever went that way, my buddy, I want to identify him, but he goes, I want you to meet my wife. I said, oh, I never met your wife. Because I did a lot of business with him in, in New York and Minneapolis and different things. So... <laughs> As a joke, I said, I never met your wife. What, so what's your wife all about? And he goes, oh, you know, she's a really nice person. I said, is she Italian? He goes, yeah, she's Italian. I said, is she a patriarcha? And started laughing. He goes, yeah, she is. <laughs> I was really quiet for a while. <laughs> I got really okay. quiet for a while. There. I was like, ah, okay, well, never mind. Then. How are you doing, ma'am? Very nice to see you. Is there anything I can do for you? Anything at all. Anything at all that I can do for you. Now, he's a nice uh, Irish boy, yeah. as a matter of fact, married to a patriarcha. She's a, she is a lovely woman. So, wait, sure. who's the patriarcha family? Who's the, who was the... The patriarchas ran the mafia out of Providence, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. They, I think they still do. I don't even know if they but do. But what that. was, like, that was the family? Because you never hear about that. You hear no. about the bananos and the whatever. They're the smart the, ones. The is smart that right? ones are the ones you never, never hear, hear about. It's right. true. Yeah. You don't want to know. You don't want to let people know who you are. What a yeah. bad idea. <laughs> well, look at what happened. You speaking of, who would you just bring up? You just brought up a, a gangster in the The bananos? Oh, banano. Was that, was one of the bananos that... I don't he know. Demanding I just... things. The I, I, uh, the Italian Day Parade. He got shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Is that the one that got, he got shot in the car with his mouth open? I think. Yeah. That oh, that. He's like, yeah. When he's like sitting there, like, yeah, that's a good look. Yeah, those 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 are horrifying images. Those ones of there's one of a guy. I don't know which one he was. He was in the he was like in a patio, 
in an Italian restaurant, and they like shot him, and he had a cigar in his mouth. And he's like, on the ground? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, Jack Dempsey, I think. Was it? I think it was, yeah. The boxer? Jack, no, I mean his, his restaurant. Uh, it was his restaurant, okay. yeah. Yeah, that stuff's a bit. Yeah, actually, to tell you the truth, Howard Stern and I have never gotten along all that well, whatever, but he he did something really funny. When I lived in New York, yeah. I, I was just doing voiceover. I wasn't in radio yet, so I'm listening to Howard one day. He was doing the afternoon show at uh, WNBC, actually. Mm-hmm. And I hear all these sirens, like sirens ever. It's 1982. And there are all these sirens and all this noise. And I think it was 82, 83, something like that. Uh, didn't hear any shooting or anything like that, just a lot of sirens. And I get home, and they had announced that uh, Paul Castellano had been shot to death in front of Sparks Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. So that's where, why all of those sirens went up. But I didn't hear any of the gunshots, because they shot him a lot. Yeah. Shot him a ton of times. So, Howard, you hear this phone ringing, and you're, good afternoon, Sparks Steakhouse. He goes, yeah, I'd like to uh, like to make a reservation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, for how many? Uh, two. Reservation for two people. Could we get it for 8 o'clock? 8 o'clock for two people. Oh, yeah. Could I get the uh, table in a no shooting section? <laughs> Click. <laughs> no shooting. It was like two hours after it happened, <laughs> which is why it was so special. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I suppose. I suppose you're still taking reservations. I guess you do that. There was a shooting at the comedy store, and they were open like the next day. Because the comedy store never closes in L.A. Yeah, and then yeah. there was one show where this guy was a hit. They, they, they were, there's a bar on the. I don't know if you have ever been to the comedy store in L.A. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Okay, so you know that bar in the very front, right off of Sunset. Yep. yep. And there, you know, it was after a show. I guess it was a Tuesday night. Um, there's a show in the main room called Trippin' on Tuesdays, and then everyone clears out and goes into the patio, the bar area, if mm-hmm. they want to hang out and have a drink. And this guy runs on the patio with a hood, hooded guy runs on the patio, puts it. There's a guy sitting at a table, one of the round tops. Puts a gun on the table, boom, 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 unloads on him, runs off. They never catch the guy. Guy dies right there. Comedy store's open the next day. <laughs> the show must go on. The show must, must go, go on, on, baby. Yeah, it was just closed that night. <laughs> open the next day. Doesn't surprise me, though. Yeah. yeah. The first time I was ever in the comedy store, again, probably 1982, probably about the same time. Uh, when did Thriller come out? Because I know that when I was out there that working. That was 83, 83, 84, right around there. Right around there. So yeah, Thriller had just come out. Yeah, it was, it was the early '80s. I know that. And so I, oh, we gotta go to a comedy store. So I go to a comedy store with my wife. And we that said, was like the that was like the the golden age. Of oh that. God, that yeah, like, it was huge. With the Lenos and yep. Letterman. Matter and, of fact, he was on stage that night. No way. Yeah, awesome. that was the greatest part of it. Oh yeah, some killer lineups. Comedy boom. So I'm sitting there, and I'm right in front of the stage. We are right in front of the stage, and this guy comes out. So it might have been '82. Maybe. I can't remember. But this guy comes out, and he's wearing a trench coat, and, like, you're kind of had that snap-brim hat. Oh, yeah, I know who it is. And he starts screaming at me. Mm-hmm. He walks over and starts screaming Sammy. in my face. It was Sammy. Yeah, nice. it was. That's awesome. And I'm looking up like, the hell is this guy's problem? And, <laughs> and then I realized how funny it was. So then the next guy comes out, a young black man in America today. I don't remember his name. But he starts riffing on white women. <laughs> And finally, my wife's had enough. And she goes, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> so there's this, the, two seconds, and I'm not kidding you, two seconds, I got five bodyguards around me, or, mm-hmm. or you know, bouncers. Not bodyguards, but bouncers. They go, sir, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean, what am I doing? I didn't do anything. <laughs> well, who's that? And I said, well, it's my wife, but, you know. Why is she heckling Eddie Murphy? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't Eddie Murphy. It was well, else. Yeah. But uh, 
So they get it all straight. And I just go, sir, you, you just can't let her do that. Yes, all right, I promise I won't do that. Next person on stage, Jay Leno. Oh, wow. So he comes out. He goes, hey, you got to hear about this? Yeah. Hey, I tell you. So, uh, lady, where are you from? He points to my wife. He goes, where are you from? And she goes, Minnesota. He goes, oh, a frozen bitch. Oh. <laughs> it was quite the night, man. It was quite the night. A frozen bitch. <laughs> How did she handle that? Oh, she thought it was funny. Oh, okay. She, she thought it was pretty funny. I, I don't know. But you know what? That's what I've always loved about comedy. Because you're right. It was on fire. At that yeah. time, the 80s, that oh, was like the, that, especially at the comedy store. I mean, that yeah, was when Mitzi yeah. Shore was, was cranking out like stars. You know, you hit the Tonight Show and you were on. That is, You yeah, know, when you do uh, Carson and then you just blew up after that. They were handing out deals left and right. There really is not a show like the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson anymore. I feel no. like now it's like Rogan does his podcast. Yeah, that's and true. And I mean, like yeah. you know, a lot of guys blow up off of that. You do that, and then if you have your own podcast or something, you know. You know what's kind of difficult about that though, and I, you know, it's growing up that Rogan I think does around what three million downloads, something. like Oh, that. I don't think it's anywhere near what Carson was in his heyday. No, it's but, not. No, but no. I'm saying like you know, yeah. as far as ears on something, you know, like people listening to something now. Yeah. Yeah. Because nowadays you get, you know, I don't know what the thing is, but nobody's watching anything anymore. It's like Isn't I see billboards. I see billboards for shows, and I'm like, I didn't even know that show existed. I yeah. remember back I in the day you saw more. you saw a show. You're like, oh, everybody knows the show. Yep. You oh, got, yeah. were on a show. Everybody knew who you were. Now no, you're absolutely like right. Uh, it, it, you know, back when there were only four networks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, my God. Yep. And actually, when Fox came along as the fourth network, it kind of diluted the other ones, too. Yeah, so, I remember when Fox first came on. You're not old enough to remember <laughs> I that. I am, too. You are? Yeah. What was that? It was the 80s, right? was yeah, like right, yeah. mid-80s. Yeah, I think it was mid-80s. Yeah, because yeah. they had Tracy Ullman. Like with the Simpsons and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, the Simpsons. Tracy Ullman is where the Simpsons right. were born from. Right. Yep. That's right. So yeah. it, was, right. it was more Tracy Ullman and like In Living Color. Yeah. That's right. Other yeah. 21 Jump Street. And it was... Uh, um, Ed Harris, but not Ed Harris, but uh, uh, married with children. Married with yeah. children. There, sticking yeah. his hand down his yeah. pants, which yeah. is funny. Martin, Martin, Martin was, was on Fox. there, but there was that also was a, a show though. called Mr. President. You remember Mr. President? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No one remembers the show Mr. President. And you know who the star of Mr. President was? George C. Scott. Really? <laughs> no one remembers the show. Wow. It must have ran for like a season. Yeah, I think it was more. just one season. Okay. He. Uh, at one time, the biggest movie star in yeah, the world. There's yeah. no doubt about that. And he gets on TV, and nobody ever even saw the show, I guess. I don't know why. It actually had two seasons. Oh, did it really? Mm -hmm. What years, Andy? Uh, let's see, 87 or 88. Yeah, so you were right. Wow. Uh, lucky guess over Cassie. <laughs> yeah, nowadays, you're lucky to make it past the first season. You know, they don't yeah. have shows oh, breathe yeah. anymore. It's like, oh, yeah. it's on and but off. There's just too yeah. many shows. There are. Yeah. yeah. It's like you can't get an audience because there's... 500 other shows exactly like the show that you're doing whereas Absolutely. in the 80s you could actually be unique and if if you were the only thing doing it then everyone was watching you they said that i heard this that like if if seinfeld was around now like the first season wasn't the greatest so no, they, they would have canceled it they right. canceled. and like you know that needed a few seasons just to breathe to get mm -hmm. to know everybody and mm -hmm. to, to you know become a, a decent show so it's like they don't even let you do that anymore it's like if you're not good yeah. off top you're yeah. just getting canceled yeah and like if you look at shows in not even the whole season yeah if you look at a lot of shows like really big shows the first few episodes are always extremely rough mm -hmm. especially like you know if you go back 
you just watch the whole show and you're like, oh, let's uh, let's go back and watch the beginning, and it's like, wow, this is not very good. But yeah. it takes now, time. If you're not like very good at the beginning. Time. Yeah, mm-hmm. your show's dead. We gotta take a break. Be right back, and we'll talk about what almost killed the Seinfeld show. To tell you the mm-hmm. truth, we'll be right back. More with Amir Keg tonight, tomorrow night. All you can do is work. <laughs> I do. I work tonight and tomorrow. Nothing but work. Two shows a night, too, by the way. We'll be right back with the family. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. I like this. We were just talking about that. So, Brian Cranston caught heat for playing a guy in a wheelchair in that movie. What was the name of the movie again? I forget the, upside. the name. Of, yeah, the upside. Yeah, with the Kevin upside. Hart. That's yeah. exactly upside. right. Upside. And it was a remake of a movie that they already did. It was a British movie. Oh, okay. Or All it's right. a book, probably. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's probably a book. But it was a British film, I believe. And then, like, that guy wasn't handicapped that played that. I mean, but it's now everybody has to, they're getting pissed about not giving opportunities to people. It's like, dude, that's acting. It's acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as we just talked about. So why does he get to play a guy in a wheelchair? He's not not really. He doesn't need a wheelchair. But again, all those people that were killed in movies, they weren't really killed. Are you kidding? Do they have to? <laughs> I thought saving, that I thought makes saving me feel Private a lot better Ryan. about the Do, movies I watch. Yeah. yeah, I thought yeah. Saving really Private die. Ryan was a documentary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all live action, baby. That's all there is to it. I just got what was what the hell was the movie? Leslie Nielsen was walking out laughing. Naked Gun. It was a Schindler's List. That's oh, right. oh yeah, when you watch it, was a movie. I think it was. That was a great scene. Oh. <laughs> that was a great scene. Yeah, I. 
I talked a little bit about that this morning on, on the morning show and the fact that you, you can't laugh anymore. Nothing's funny at all anymore. And don't laugh at that because you're victimizing something. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, now, I always say comedy's going to be dead in 10 years if this is the way it's yep, going. You're yeah. right. Yep. If they you will can't kill joke them. about anything, it's like, you know. Well, it's either going to die or it's going to get so bad the other way that it's even worse than the way it is. No, I, I think the backlash is going to be harsher it's than gonna what's happening. It's going to be extremely bad. People yep. are so sick of it. I mean, especially mm-hmm. comics, and you see the guys that go against it, and they're going twice as hard. Yeah, like you said, against you know the PC culture that it's yeah. even more. You know, yep. well, I think that's what happened to uh, Michael Richards. Mm-hmm. He like the reason he freaked out like Don't that. Don't bring that up in front of JB. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Were you there yeah, that one, night? One of the most hilarious is hilarious audios in the country. Why did he do it, do you think? Trying I think to call he was, people to big end. I think he was just going so hard into the shock humor that he didn't even realize what he was doing until he had done it. Yeah. Because yeah. you can see it like near the end of the whole diatribe, he started like berating the audience for like laughing at what he said. He was trying to make it like an oh yeah, you guys, I, you it's see, about you yeah. but yeah, he just he was trying to be a shock comic and it didn't work. Oh, My favorite funny. part of that video is there's a comedian Fraser Smith. Yeah. He yeah. goes on after and he goes, Well, sorry about that, folks. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> well, you know, Fraser, it's just so funny because he's just like such well, a happy go lucky dude. You know, and he's like, he gets on and goes, Well, sorry about that, folks. <laughs> it was like something that happens every night. Have you ever had to do that follow somebody? Somebody just came apart at the seams. Uh, I'm sure I have. I can't. Oh, I can't remember a standout thing. But it is like comedians love watching that shit from the back. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know, so we like I'm, love it. So whatever you're bobbing, yeah, like comics right. love it. I've heard <laughs> that before. That. So the only people you're actually here laughing is the comics when you're eating it. When you're eating it that's real bad. So bad. And then you go, oh, okay. At least. And then what I, you know, that's the only way you can salvage is actually like play to the back of the room. At that point, yeah. in the back of the room, right. I mean comedians, because like they right. know you're eating it. So That's if you don't acknowledge it, then it's your bad. But something like that, I don't think so. I mean, I've seen some like, yeah, people get in a fight with a heckler, and then you just go up after that and address it, you know, or something, and it yeah. may have yeah. got out of hand. But nothing that serious, where it was like, I mean, Michael Richards thing was nuts. One of my favorite nights ever on radio back in God, the mid-70s, I was working up in Fargo, North Dakota. Because I was working down here. I started down here, worked down here, but... Apparently, I was so unpleasant that no one would hire me after all. <laughs> I know that's really hard to believe. Not you. Not me. <laughs> so I had to work in Fargo for a while until uh, things kind of simmered down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so I get there. You know, I, I, I'm doing my show. Uh, I did six to ten at night then, and it's ten. It's ten fifteen. The, the the ten to two guy's not there. I'm like, what the hell? So I actually, about ten thirty, I walk out, and he's sitting in the front lobby crying. I'm like, what's the matter, man? He goes, Julie left me. I said, oh, oh, well, just sit out here and calm down. I'll go in and do the rest, the rest of this hour, and you know, by eleven o'clock, we'll get you on there and all right. So I go out at eleven o'clock. He's not in the lobby anymore. Then I hear this, <laughs> and I, he's under the sink in the men's room. <laughs> he's under the sink in the men's room. And I'm like, ah, yeah, so. Uh, Julie still left you, I guess. <laughs> still <laughs> left you. So he said, no, no, man, I'm okay. I can make it. I'll, I'll be okay. I said, you sure, man? Because I can stick around. He goes, no, 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 it'd be better for me. Take my mind off. It'll be a lot better. And I said, okay, well, I'll go and announce you that you'll be on. So I go in there. To, uh, we're going to break. <laughs> blah, 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 because I don't want to identify the guy. But 
blah, blah, blah is up next, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great night. We'll talk to you on Monday. I hit the song. I get my car, and there's this very long driveway to get out of there because the radio stations back in the day was right in the middle of the, the tower field. Mm-hmm. It was an FM tower field, right? So I make this long drive back to the road, and, you know, the song comes to an end, and nothing. Uh-oh. Silence. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. More silence. And then all of a sudden, you hear the mic come on because you could hear the compression sucking the air out of the room, right? So you hear nothing. 30 seconds later, you hear... At about 10 seconds after that, you hear... Julie, come back to me. <laughs> I give it the old U turn. Get him off the air. Get him off the air. Julie, come back to me. <laughs> that guy That's ended up great. in prison. No. For <laughs> killing for, Julie. For yeah, killing Julie. Was he stable, was he? No, he wasn't too stable after old wow. Julie gave him the hook, apparently. That's hilarious. What a great oh, story. It is just, but that's, I'm sure there were people out there going, what in the hell is this all about? <laughs> yeah. Now, did what? you go back on after that? Oh, yeah. I was oh, on so until is, 2 in the morning. Did yeah. you have to address what, what he was doing? And go, I just did what you were talking about, like, well, sorry, folks. <laughs> I don't know what else. Sorry, folks. Do. I don't know. I guess uh, Julie owes him money or something. <laughs> yeah. I, Julie, I don't know what she got kidnapped. Maybe yeah. I don't know what the hell happened. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing else you can do. You just yeah. go, hey, sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. But keep uh, it moving. You know, here's a great song by Bob Seger. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, come back. <laughs> oh, baby. Against the wind. Was was that by again? Was was it against the wind? Yeah, against the wind. <laughs> Uh, Julie. Well, there was a song by John Lennon called Julie or Julia or something like that, wasn't it? You're going to play that. Baby Come no, Back was my player. My player, that's right. <laughs> Baby Come Back by player. And then they had that horrible <laughs> guitar, like, wow, yeah. That's great. Oh, there's actually a bunch of songs called Baby Come Back. The really? original was by The Equals. The Equals? The Equals? But I don't know if I guarantee you that was a black band, JB. <laughs> Only black people would name a band the Equals. <laughs> Three black guys and two white guys. Yeah, oh, the Equals, baby. No were great equals. Guess. It was equal. Would you look up the Sweet and Lows? That'd be great. We had two really cute women and a short fat guy. <laughs> sweet and Low. The Equals and the Splendors. And the Splendors. The Splendors would be good. I mean, all this. Uh, uh, what is it called? Sugar Synthetic sugar. Yeah, sugar substitutes are good band names. Yeah. Even sugar substitutes are good band names. <laughs> so you got Splenda, you got Sweet and Low, you got what? What Stevia? Stevia. Stevia may not oh, make it. Stevia or Stevia? Which it's one stevia. is? Stevia. Is it Stevia? Either way, it sounds like it should be a medication. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I don't. And what's that made of? Because that's supposed to be not bad for. There's you. no telling anymore. Well, that's true. It's from a plant. plant. Yeah. Yeah, it is it's, from a plant. It's right? just it's like some plant. Some plant. Well, it works though. I mean, it is sweet, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But it's all—they all have a weird. It's nothing's like sugar, really, right? No, like no, like a little. There's bit no different. sugar substitute that tastes like sugar. Yeah, they taste uh, sweet, but not like sugar. Mm-hmm. Well, you should really just eat sugar. Pretty much. Yeah, I sugar's fine. Some, sugar's great. I mean, to us, yeah, like in, in moderation, right? Like everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. By coincidence, we just had a we had a uh, charity function at our house on on Wednesday night. It's called the Smile Network. They do these, you know, cleft palates, little kids on like Guatemala and all that. So mm-hmm. we had a bunch of people over the house. And I don't know if you're an NBA fan or not, but Chris Humphreys played in the NBA for a mm-hmm. number of years. Mm-hmm. He's at the party with his, William, his dad, and I are really good friends. I was going to ask you, was he back over there again? William? Yeah. Oh, wait, why weren't you there? 
Didn't get an invite. <laughs> Nobody got invited. It was just... Well, how was I supposed to know unless I get oh, told? The he asked you. I thought you knew about it. This is so weird. Here? Well, because I was just at a party with him. With William or Chris? With with Bill, yeah. Oh, you call him Bill. Well, that's he what makes we... me call him William. I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> well, when he played football, I bet he shakes at... your hand different too. <laughs> yeah, he probably does. He when he played football at the U, we called William? everybody called him Bill. Really? There was no way. He's a big fella. Yeah. The very first time I met this man, right? I was, it was at another charity function at my house, as a matter right. of fact. And William <laughs> came in. He goes, Tom, how are you doing? He, uh, William's, what, about 6'2 or 3, yeah. probably about 270. He's a big guy. Yeah, he was an offensive guard in college. Yeah, he's a big fella, right? I mean, shoulders like this. He comes walking, he goes, and Chris Humphreys is his son who played in the NBA. How long did Chris play in the NBA? About 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, long time. Long time, but... <laughs> William comes in and goes, Tom, it was really nice to meet you, man. I've been listening to your show from day one. And i gotta, I got to tell you something. That day when my son got drafted, I said, yeah. He goes, man, what you said was way out of line. And I said, what are you talking about? Now, here's this big man talking to me in my house, right? Yeah. And he goes, I'll never forget it. You went on the air and said, Chris Humphreys, another big, slow, white guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, Am I going to get in a fight in my own house? He goes, no, man, I thought it was funny. <laughs> and I said, well, William, you do have blue eyes. He goes, my eyes are green. <laughs> yeah, we were, at a, we were at a 30 anniversary, 30th anniversary party about a month ago. Oh, well, 30th anniversary or what? A mutual friend's wedding. Oh, okay. Yeah. And right. I was actually in their wedding. But um, Bill's wife. Is Krista? Fr- yeah, is or his fr- first wife. No, the one he Christy. has now. Chris yeah. is really nice. He's a very nice woman. It's a friend with the uh, wife of the couple. Oh, but, okay. But he was telling me that story, too, and he was like, yeah, at first oh, I couldn't Oh, he told you that story? <laughs> he yeah. said, I couldn't believe that he said that. Then I found it to be funny. Then I found out you were on the show, and I found it to even be funnier. <laughs> yeah, so. that's kind of how he used it. That's exactly right. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. He's a hell of a nice guy. Really, really good person. But he, man... He says whatever he wants. He's yes. one of those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. You don't like it, tough, tough up. Yeah. That's just the way things are. But, yeah, he's, a, he's become a really he's good friend. He's a very light-skinned African-American. But his, both his parents are black. Right. Did you know that? Yes. His dad was a Detroit cop, yep. as a matter of fact. I think I met his parents at one time. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Yeah, man, that's, <clears> that was a tough road to hoe for him. He had a really tough childhood, you know. Got in a few bodies. Like... Like me, like you, got in a few boxing matches with his old man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you know that's, what I'm saying. Didn't win them all when you're like seven or eight years old. No, you know, yeah, kind of deal. yeah. Yeah, it builds character, though. Mm-hmm. We were actually talking about that, that, that if if your dad works you over when you're a kid a lot. Yeah, you become a comedian. <laughs> so it worked out well? Oh, yeah, it works out great. I thank him every day. I go home and I go, Dad, thank you for that, those so weapons. You get in a few uh, fisticuffs? We, we did. I mean, my dad was just like, you know, Middle Eastern hard-ass dude. He just didn't play, you know. So discipline was a thing. You know what I mean? Like, if he didn't, yeah. act, if he didn't act right, he'd let you know. Where'd he grow up? Uh, my dad grew yeah. up in Iran. 
Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, so, you know, I was born there, so I came. You were born in Iran? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, man, I came when I was five years old. Did you talk to, uh, to Trump for me? Yeah, yeah, right. Did you get everything teed up and get it straightened away? <laughs> I was just talking about on that news, what was that, Fox News. I said yeah. I was from Iran, and I'm like, I know this is Fox, but. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cold. Yeah, that didn't go over well. Yeah, it didn't go. The guy goes, wait, hold on. No, you're not going to do that. Here. Actually, most Iranian Americans are pretty conservative. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, most the ones of them. that I've known, anyway. Mm-hmm. The ones that came people. early. It depends on when they came. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's true. But it's funny. My buddy Maz has a joke. Maz Jabrani was a really funny guy. Oh, American. yeah, very, very funny. Nice he talks guy. about his mom. He goes, uh, you know, the travel ban. He goes, I like it. I don't want my relatives. You know, like, like, <laughs> like I don't want, they come, come and they stay for so long. That's He's like, I want funny. them to stay out. <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you have to leave now. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, it, uh, no. do you think, here's the, the problem that I have with that whole deal, um, is... If, if you want to be president of the United States, you're not my kind of person. I just, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It takes a certain type of person to want to be that oh, guy, right? Does. But I think for Trump, it it's does. different than everybody else, though. I feel like that was just like a, you I think? feel like an ego thing, no? Yeah, you well, don't think it was like, he's, he's like, I've done ego. everything and yeah. I wanted to, yeah. He's like, I wanted to, you know. I mean, what's the highest thing you could do? Yeah, being a president. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't president get any bigger than that. You know, no doubt about it. But, you know, I, I just, I don't. You know, the way I look at that whole deal is if he gets reelected, I'll, I'll make it. And if somebody else gets elected, I'll make it. I don't like any of these people. No. I know. It's like after a while when you watch these debates and stuff, oh, you go, God. you find something wrong with all of them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like, just like Jesus. picking the best of the shit, you know? It's like, what? Like, <laughs> I'm going to get shit. Yeah, it's like, pick the best. yeah, what's the best shit I can pick? That's well, how I see it. I'll tell you, really started to drop off when we uh, stopped electing former military people. No, that is true, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Because at least they point. had some, like, yeah, I don't know. It's weird because everyone seems like they could, you know, bend or be bought or something, you know. It yeah. feels right. like, And I think that was, was, was the biggest draw for Trump because they're like, oh, he's self-made or, you know, whatever. Like, he has so much money. money. He doesn't need to be yeah, bought. Yeah, he has yeah. so much of his own money that he doesn't need to exactly. Like, lobbyists can't, you know, yeah. uh, you know change his views and all this stuff. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I mean, is it good? Is it bad? Is it? What? I don't know. Are any of them good or bad? You know, the, the egos are so massive; it's unbelievable. Yeah. And that's all of them. Every single one of them. Even like yeah. the, the, you watch the Democratic debates, and you see like, oh god, and yeah. you can see the character oh, flaws yeah. when you just watch them. And they're all they were all, the, my favorite was when they in the very first moment they were all trying to speak Spanish and it was like the worst. Oh my god! Come on, Stalos, los esteros, los hablamos, los sistema. It was like, dude, you fucking Rosetta Stone, just to learn that one phrase. That's very good. And they were all trying to appeal, and then the one guy was trying to one up the other guy, like, well, I hablo español too. We'll take a break. Be right back. With the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. 
If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. There she's <laughs> Baby, come back. Julie! Julie, yeah. Julie please, <laughs> live That's pretty accurate, actually. Yeah. That's pretty accurate, what, exactly how he sounded, because he might have had a cocktail. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Julie, I'll do anything. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. So, no, it's okay. So, so your father was. No, you were born in Iran. I was born in Iran. Yeah, I came because there was. A, if you don't know the history, there was uh, the revolution seventy right. nine, and right. I wasn't born yet. The and Shah. It, yeah, the Shah got kicked mm-hmm. out there, and then uh, then there was a war, Iran Iraq war. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the U.S. funded, you know, Iraq side or whatever. So right. there was like a pretty fucked up thing. Like our, well, why we why the last thing was there our old landlord their house because we were on the border. Caramon is where my dad's from, so it's right on the Iraqi border. Oh, okay. So that's where like it was heavily bombed. Mm-hmm. And our old landlord that lived there, their house got. Uh, we used to live at that. That it was like a four unit type of deal, you know. And yeah. we had rented one of them. And then that house, that place, we moved out of there. But that place got bombed, and they lost. I believe it was two kids. Oh. So my dad's like, "Let's get the hell out of here." Oh, and man. that's when we came to the states. And I was in '86. So. We stayed after the revolution, you know, because yeah. my family was Muslim. And they, so, But all the Jewish people, they took off. That's why there's all the Jewish Iranians are in L.A. Right. In Hollywood, right. they came, brought their money, and then they invested. And uh, now they live in L.A. So we came, in, yeah, in 86 at that time. So I always 86. trip out because, huh? You know what day in 86? I don't. Well, do you think it might have been April 17th? That's what? the day I started at KQRS. Is it? You got to America and I started on the radio at KQRS the same, time. same day. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, it was 1986. I yeah, so we got, that's it. Then we came, we moved to Orange County. I always say, in my act, I talk about that because we came, we left everything behind, and then we moved to oh, Orange, Orange County, which is like, you know, I always say Orange County, and people go, oh, by the beach. And I, <laughs> and I, and I, and I always have to go, yeah, I have to go, no, no. <laughs> by the freeway. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lovely view. Yeah. Noise. Yeah. <laughs> the OC. The OC, yeah. yeah. that's right, the OC. So why did you, because all, all the Jews from Iran had moved to L.A., is that why you, your family kind of Not at all, no. Well? My, so my family is not religious. Like, my immediate family is not religious at all. But, like, you know, it, mm-hmm. uh, the country is predominantly Muslim. So, like, my grandparents and stuff, you know, were, were Muslim. And, and my, my mom is, like, halfway, you know, like, she'll do the little, you know, Right. Kind of like how people are Christian here, you know, go to church every now and then. Yeah, and whatever, CEO, like, Christmas yeah, and Easter. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So that's like how my family was Priesters. Muslim. You know? so, so when we came, my dad's super, like, he's an atheist, you know, so he doesn't even. Oh, okay. He, but he would just go along with whatever, you know, he didn't care. But he's like, you make up your own mind or whatever. So that wasn't a factor for us at all. And Why do you think I they picked religious? Uh, 
Southern California. My dad had gone to school at Cal State Fullerton, oh, so he had okay. already like right. been there, and right. he knew some people. And like, I'm so glad he did because I have a few cousins, couple cousins, um, that moved to Texas, and we were supposed to move to Houston. Ooh. And I would go visit, and I'm like so glad we moved to Cali. Just the you know the weather, <laughs> yeah. the just the whole situation. And my brother got exposed to so many different types of things, and I get to do stand. I don't know if I would be doing this, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's but true. I do think about like, what if I lived in Iran? Like, what the hell would I be doing? You know, Not because a lot of laughs. in an alternate universe, if the <laughs> If you know the revolution, I mean, if yeah. the if the war didn't happen and all that, we may have stayed there. Like I have family that stayed there, and I don't know what the fuck I'd be doing if I was there. <laughs> they don't have stand up. They don't have any stand up. No, at you'd all. be over there going, "Have you ever been to the grocery store?" Yeah. <laughs> and some guy just stands up and goes, "Cut off his hand." <laughs> you know that? I, God, where was my, my brother-in-law? Travels a lot for business, and he was. I don't remember he was in the Middle East, but I don't know where. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, like, say he was in Iran or Iraq or where the hell, because I don't, he mm-hmm. was somewhere. But he's sitting in the town square having lunch, right? This is, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, something like that. He's in the town square, the square and he's having lunch, and there's this kind of hubbub going on back in this kind of, like, receiving area of a building. And so he's just eating. He's kind of like, man, it's kind of weird, a lot of noise on the rest of it. And a couple minutes later, these three cops drag this guy out of this building Bring him into the middle of town square and behead him. Oh my God! Wow. <laughs> like, Jesus, where would that have happened? They do that in like I don't know if it's Saudi. Ara- where do they do that? Like is it in, Saudi? It was Saudi Arabia. Maybe I have it was no Saudi idea. Arabia. I don't know, but I know that they still do that, like publicly do executions. And where stuff. do they do that, Andy? Andy's good at that. Well, kind I of see stuff. here. I want to say. I don't know. I'm, I'm not an expert. I mean, I've done yeah, some gigs and stuff. You're out not there, an expert like, on beheading. No, not well, just good. like I'm on where they that. do that. But I know they do hangings in Iran and stuff like that. Like yeah, they hang people and. Yeah, Saudi Arabia does. Saudi Arabia does the beheadings. It's probably Saudi Arabia then, yeah. Like publicly, which is, and their relations with Iran. I had a gig that I couldn't go because my passport says born in Iran, so it was a Saudi gig. Oh, they wouldn't do it. And I couldn't go, no, because their relations are bad. And uh, yeah, so it wouldn't be so safe. Probably not. Yeah. So you went to California. You didn't become a frozen bitch. So no, I wasn't a frozen <laughs> bitch. You didn't come here. So, so I'm good. glad that we got the, the luck of the draw in the weather department. So, I mean, that was, that you know, was super fortunate. So I've, my dad didn't go to school at Cal State Fullerton. But he had, like, when 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 he was a kid, or when he would come over, he came over 17, 18 to go to school. Uh-huh. Like, the family would usually send one person maybe to the States to get a you know, better education or something right. and come back. right. And so they would move to, just because it was easier to get papers, like to Oklahoma or one of those, you know, yeah, sure. states yep. that weren't um, on the coast. Because, you know, like in, if you went to New York or Los Angeles right. or something or California, you would have a high, harder time getting into the lottery mm-hmm. for, you know, green card or whatever. Yeah, I could see that. So how old were you in 86? I was five years old. So you were five. Yeah, so I was So you five. remember all of this. I do, I remember. But it's just like such a traumatic thing for a kid oh, to be God, plucked yeah. out of one environment Man. where you don't, you know, and then come here and then you don't know any, I don't know what the hell these people are saying, you know, like. So yeah. I think that's all. My, my brother <laughs> goes true, to therapy yeah. now. I haven't been to therapy to discuss all this stuff, but it does, you know, fucks with you, you know. I can see that, absolutely. And so we have this thing, yeah, and then we moved so many times. We moved like 20 different places when I was a kid. So all this stuff, you know made me who I am, but we went back to, like, you know, your dad, you know, the discipline. little boxing matches. Yeah, a little boxing matches, but also the way he was, like, how our parents were. I mean, my yeah. father was, like, never around, and, like, you know, he, if you asked him what grade I, he probably wouldn't know what the fuck grade I was in, you know, half yeah. the time. So. He was working or something? Yeah, he would be working, and, yeah. you know, kids were just, to him, he just did a little bit better than his dad did, you know what I mean? Like, as far as the, I feel like that's what happens, like, they... You know, like, his yeah, dad was, no, a, know, it was exactly. Iranian military, exactly. like, general, he never home. He was raised by like his stepmom, who didn't give a shit if he was there or not. Oh, so, yeah. 
Yeah, he didn't have a, a tough, feeling of yeah, because she had her own kids, and then she, so he would cared for him at all. Yeah, he'd get so his thing of love was very, very, yeah. you know, his idea of it. He didn't even know how to show it. So that's really funny about that because I grew up. My mother and I were very, very close, mm-hmm. but my dad and I were not. But because of that, I think. Andy gets annoyed at how I try to kind of lord over him. But you know? you're making up for it. See, so I'm you're trying, doing better yeah, than whatever because you know the the you know the reaction that right. or what happened to you afterwards. But the great thing about that is that when you do have the the fist fights with your old man, you are not afraid of anyone or anything. Because that was just, I remember when I get in trouble terrifying. and they were like, "Oh, the cops are coming to break up a thing or we get busted for something." So I was I, not scared about the. I was like, "My dad's gonna all. beat my ass." I like know. I am horrified to get home. <laughs> and there was <laughs> like there was times where, there was two times where my brother bailed me out. I have an older brother. He oh, came again. Yeah, okay. and I just was like, "Thank God!" My dad was like out doing whatever, <laughs> and my brother, I'm like, "You cannot say anything." And he, and he, my brother had my back on those two whatever occasions, but you know, like partying or something and getting busted. Yeah, I understand. It's and a, but it's a and you don't know it. You just think that's how everybody is mm-hmm. as you're growing up. Oh, until I started to go to my friend. But then all yep. my friends. Like their families became like my family, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I would, I was closer mm-hmm. with their parents, and like, yep, I, I would like to spend more time at their houses because they gave me the love or whatever that I didn't have. That's home. So funny, you and I have a lot in common because mm-hmm. I talk all, quite often about the the my friends' parents and how I wonderful love they were. Them. To me. Yes, and they, they were, were so great to me. And I would look forward to going to their house and like you, yeah. you know, and they would show you the, the attention that you didn't get at yeah. home. Yeah, yep. It's a, so that. But once again, you think that's how everybody lives. And then you all of a sudden realize, no, it's not at all. No. But, I mean, you know, there's a certain dysfunction to a lot of families, though. You oh, learn God, too. yes. Like, even my well-off, like, wealthy friends or whatever, you go there and you go, oh, fuck. Like, the mom's drinking wine all day. And, like, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know, the dad's She's not around. Face down on the couch by noon. Yeah. Shit like that. Good. So it's like, you know, then yeah, you go, exactly. okay, I, maybe I have a bad and maybe, you know, yeah. there's, there's, there's yeah. drawbacks to that life, too. No, you there know? is. I, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I think it's everybody has their. But. But it's interesting, you were talking about how you adjusted. Now, the language thing's got to be a real problem. That but just the a... culture itself has got to be just a bitch. Because mm. even coming from living in the inner city where I did, even though I'm a white guy, mm-hmm. where I grew up in, a, in the inner city, when I would go out and like live in the suburbs, I just was not used to that. It's a and culture shock for sure. It especially is. Now imagine, yeah, coming from a totally different place. Yeah, That's why it's got to like... be amazing. I don't even really remember. I remember I have it in my act as well, like how I learned by, you know, like I, I learned how to speak English by mimicking the kids in my neighborhood, you know, so I'd watch them talk. Good and I had a Mexican accent for the first three years. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to have that joke in my act, but it's true. It's like, you know, I just would That's mimic them. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. That's why I, I, I'm, if you look at my act or you watch anything of me, like on stage, I do a lot of impressions yep. of different yep. ethnicities because I learned and I have, you know, a, a knack for that because of that, because I was Very a kid. Smart. So I think it gives you talent in some ways. Do you think that's why you became a stand-up comedian? Because you th- learned to do that? No, I think a lot of the background, I think with our, our you know, like if you talk to a lot of stand-ups, they have the similar story yeah, as we oh do God, with our yeah. with their dad or with, you know, whatever it is, but there is some sort of dad component there, like didn't get the attention or, you know, whatever it was. The only time that my father was ever nice to me wasn't when I made him laugh. That's, okay. a, that's a story. See? That's there a true go. story. If I made him laugh, he was nice. Right. But that wasn't very often. <laughs> I will tell you that. But he was mentally ill. That, that was a problem. He was schizophrenic. Oh, was he? So they hauled him off after a while. And, oh, wow. Yeah, we got over it. But did you guys end? I mean, at the very end, was it like? Did you? You never made it. Made it. Well, I would. He came back. He was gone from the time I was ten to about sixteen. Then mm-hmm. he came back. He was institutionalized and had all that, whatever. Then he came back for just a couple of months when I was sixteen. 
And I spent those entire two months going to local bars on Plymouth Avenue, bailing them out of fights. Because no. my dad was a little tiny guy. Yeah. And he would get in fights all the time, so I'd go break it up. Oh, and wow. I tell the guys, come on, come on, you guys know that he's got problems. Don't be fighting with him and right, I'd right. have drinks. So I got him out of trouble for a couple of months. And then I didn't see him again for 17 years because he just disappeared again. And then I got a call that he was dying and he wanted to see me. I said, he doesn't want to see me. He doesn't like me. Yeah. He said, no, he wants to see you specifically. I said, I'm pretty sure it's one of my other brothers. And I said, no, he asked for you specifically. And the reason he did that is because he thought, he, he wrote down on, on a on chalkboard, because he, he died of emphysema, and he had all these tubes down his throat. Mm. So he wrote down on a chalkboard. It took forever for him to do and I turned it over, and it said, get me out of here. Oh, really? So he thought, just like the bars on Plymouth Avenue, I like could get him out of here. bail him like, out. So you never made your peace with him, like never no. at the end? No. Because I'm getting to that with my dad. I'm like, you know, we had a you rough should. go. And I was like, you, you know, should, and he's kind of, he still drinks a lot and, you know, does all this. And I, How old is he? He's about 72, 72. 72. Yeah, but it's like at the it'd time. It'd be good for you, man. That's what I'm saying because yeah. I held on to it and I've dealt with it through my stand-up as well. Like, you know, I go, yep. the only person you're hurting is yourself with this shit, holding on to this resentment and all this thing. And I, yeah, and I look back and I go, his childhood was shit, you know? So, like, right. I look, and I right. look at it from his perspective. I go, the guy did the best he could. Man, he brought me here. He brought, my dad was my age, my age, brought me here. Yeah, there you go. Brought me two kids and a wife to brand new country, started all over again. Like, I I got high last week and forgot I have a dog. (laughs) Well, you're getting up, you're 38 now, huh? Yeah, I'm 38, exactly. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, memory starts to go. That's what I'm saying, so I'm like, okay, just forgive (laughs) Forgive him. JB's been sleeping for the last 20 minutes. He so does it every Friday. I was not. Every Friday. He dozes <laughs> off. Uh, he was listening intently. Yes, so was. There you go. Jeez. Way to make me feel welcome, JB. Talking about your dad. Talking about your dad. I just think, to tell you, that one thing that, I, that I'm fearful about, and we kind of open with this, with, with stand-up comedy, comedy in general, what they don't understand is that, that you – didn't grow up like they did Mm -hmm. so for you to laugh at things to ridicule things or make fun of something or whatever makes everybody feel a lot better you feel like a normal human being so for them to try to shut you down say you shouldn't tell jokes like that that's not funny like right now uh because of that kid in in south carolina the kid that killed all the black people in that church yeah years ago ago. he had a bowl cut Mm -hmm. so now it's been considered the adl anti-defamation league has decided that bowl cuts are racist Really? Yeah. Jeez. I Which never means, heard about that. Like, they just decided yesterday. Brian, we got to get you a haircut. <laughs> yeah, you got to get a bowl cut, man. You can look like Mo Howard from the three suits. <laughs> I wonder if he's, he'd be right. But the, the um, Mac Tonight, was that the sun with was, wearing sunglasses? It was the moon. It was the moon. That was, was the it old was a moon, moon the across old, the moon wearing yeah. sunglasses playing the piano. Okay, yeah. well, that's racist, too, now, because apparently a that lot of That was so old. People, that was the 80s, though. Yeah, it was. But apparently they're using it now. White supremacists are using it now for some racist thing. But the problem is, because they use that, doesn't make it racist. No, it's an it. It's, it's a, an it. It's a, it's a thing. we got to well, stop doing just, that stuff. Man. Well, it's just like the OK sign is now. But it's, yeah, the ADL it's, decided that's a hate symbol. It's actually D, DW, though. Oh, it's oh not, is that what is not, yeah. Was it like the kids were doing that in a photo or something and they got pissed? But or? you'd have to go W. Well, yeah, they think it's P. white power, but yeah, it doesn't. But it's the, WD. The, yeah. And See, if, if I don't WD, it's Warner Brothers. It's WI. Exactly. It's too much to keep up with. It's just safer to stay inside, work from home. It's hard. Collect a check from the government, do what you got to do. Just avoid people. Yeah. Because you're going to piss somebody off. No doubt about it. 
It's great to come in, man. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks it. for having me, guys. It's, it's always, always a pleasure to see you. And I, I loved hearing your backstory. And I would say, as a guy who's just a little older than you, actually, I'm just a little younger than your dad, <laughs> yeah. to tell you the truth. It is, it, it is really good for you to, to have the understanding that you did at least try. Even if he, he won't do it. You tried, and that'll be big for you. That'd I think we're getting somewhere good. I think good, we're getting somewhere good. good. That's a wonderful yeah. thing. Just don't lose your sense of humor. Over. You're awesome, man. Tom, thanks for having <laughs> me, brother. Thank you, man. Come see me at the House of Comedy. We're going to yeah, go say hello. Actually, we're giving away passes. Wonderful. So, so I just posted on Facebook. All you got to do is tag a friend that you like to bring, and just let me know which date and time you want to Where's we'll Steve today? What? Steve didn't come in. Steve usually comes in and he looks at me and goes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's wonderful. That's why Steve didn't come in. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he didn't come in. Steve's Steve's great morning, morning, morning is coming. not his time to shine. Do not change your name either. Gallagher's a great name. Yeah. A I'll, phenomenal. I'll take it under advisement. It's a great name, man. <laughs> Rory Gallagher was fantastic. Don't forget that. We'll be back with the family.